Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 131. And of course, got my guy, Dog Knicks podcast in the building once again for the a hundredth time. I don't even know no more anymore, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> but um, real quick though, let's finish that, that that conversation we was just having. This is why I immediately sent you the link because I like that conversation um we was having. So um, before we get into the, the Knicks, Nick Nation, we was basically talking about you know NYU and and you know working in the hospital. But I want I, I want the people to hear what you were you was just explaining to me as far as like what your family and, and, and how you grew up at NYU. Well, I mean, walking down 34th street, the first Avenue, man, I, I've, I've been, I remember doing that since I was a, like a baby, man, little, little baby. So I got, <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of memories there, man. Coming, coming from school, getting on the train by myself and come walking all the way down there to meet my moms and stuff. You know, um, you know, for, for basketball purposes, man, right, right now, right on the FDR, there used to be a basketball court between the, um, the, what do you call it, the um the what is that the co-op building or, or cooperative care building no, over there? I yep, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, oh, it's a basketball it? court. It's, it got chairs now. Like it's like a big area. Okay, is it outside still? Yep, yep, it's outside. Can people still access it? Like yeah, from, from the yeah. outside? Yeah, people, you could walk right in and start shooting hoops, literally. Oh snap, man! Because I because I used to do that. I used to still come by just just to play with the doctors and stuff, man. I, I used to have a lot of run over there, man. Like what one story that that reminds me of of you know just to segue into all the stuff we're gonna talk about. That there was a, a dude um from um from Cali, freaking you know white guy, short white guy, whatever. But you know he was he was real swaggy, different than the rest of the um than the other uh, doctors and stuff, man. So you used to kick in and stuff. You used to, used to see me. You were about the same age or whatever. So I used to walk over. We used to be talking stuff. So, um, you know, I found out he played ball. So I used to go back there and play ball with him. And, you know, he was probably, like, the nicest, <laughs> what nicest white kid I've ever seen, man, you know? So, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like 40, right, a little, little over 40. And, um, you know, you know, we're about the same age. So I, I just think about, like, during that era, there was a lot of um point guards from, from that era, like, you know, Baron Davis. You know, even guys like Jeremy Lin and, and all these different guys. You want to talk about Jason Kidd before him, you know, Gary Payton, all those guys, you know, they, they come from a rich point guard, um, you know, culture, man. So he was like, like I said, he probably was one of the nicest um, white kids I've ever seen. But he was from the, um, from the, what's the name, Los Angeles area, man. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of ballers out there. I got a lot, lot of good memories. Don't sleep. Don't sleep, bro. It's times where I've walked on the basketball court and looked at a dude, he, he white. Chinese dude. I remember I had a Chinese dude. We get on the basketball court. We like, nah, we going, he fool, man. Yeah, you got to be careful, man. Kicked our asses, bro. Yeah, especially down in the Lower East Side. You go down to the Lower East Side Chinatown or even on um, freaking Flushing. Yo, they, mm. they, they, ball, they, they be balling out there, man. You be careful. They, they run, and, and then they'll freaking smoke a cigarette right in between games. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right in your face, too. Yeah, you know, you know, that, that, you know, shout out to my Asian people, man. You know, you like to get into your Asian chair. You get into your little chair down there and start smoking a pack of cigarettes. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the pack of cigarettes that got me. Yeah, hey, man. Yo, that is so true. But, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, let's get let's get right into it, man. The New York Knicks, man. We played a, a a beautiful game today. By the way, I still got some things I'm very concerned about this team. But you know, we lost one twenty nine to one fifteen. You know, once again, quickly, Randall, RJ. Once again, they looking like a big three. 
Um, before we get into individual guys, you know, you know, um, was there anything about this game today that you've seen that you didn't like? Like, I, I've been seeing, like, a couple things the past few games that I don't like, but I wanted to make sure that I get a pattern of it before I start really talking about it. But I wanted, I want to see if you've seen any things that you did not like. Let's throw the positives out the window because we already the, the this season is already a positive because I thought we was going to be some losers, but we not. Yeah, I thought we would be like the worst team in the NBA. You know, judging off mm-hmm. what we did last year, we, and we really didn't really do any like stark improvements and stuff like that. So I, I thought we was going to be at the end, you know, the bottom of the pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, right off the bat, you know, I, I, we'll just do some negatives, man. Well, like the the one negative that, um, I, you know, that sticks out above all is the fact that Kevin Knox got a DMP. You know what I'm saying? That, that that's that's I, I'm, I, okay. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Well, I mean that keep that's going. a testament. That's a testament to um to what uh, Kevin Knox has been doing his entire career. You know, like you know, we we argue and stuff. You know, a lot, a lot of people argue about, about giving the young guys time, but um, you know, mm-hmm. it's his it's his um position to take because we we technically don't have a small forward because we're we're, we're kind of playing RJ Barrett at, at the small forward. Which he fits. He's been showing that he, that he could play small forward, you know. But the that spot is his. It always was his. It was drafted to be his from the from the get go. So now you know, you know, all these different coaches that he has. Now he has the real coach, Tom Thibodeau. And Tom Thibodeau said, "Okay, listen, Reggie Bullock is starting. Uh, guess what? Um, Alec Burks he has to come off the bench. And guess who's the odd man out? The odd man out is you, Kevin Knox. Sorry, you know That's you get whacked. Yeah, That's whack to me, bro. You know why it's whack to me, bro? Because it goes back to something we was talking about the other day. Accountability. I've seen games where Bullock, Burks, Alfred, Rivers, Nerlens all play like ass at different separate times. They never get pulled. Knox have missed two shots. He'll get pulled. You DMP Knox today to still lose this game by double digits. And it ain't like Burks, it, it, it ain't like the, the vets is doing that much better than what the kids would do. Because I'm, I'm I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the box scores, bro. Mm-hmm. Quick, Burks had seven points. I know Knox could give me seven points. Rivers had four points. I know Knox could give me more than four points. Like, come on. Come on. I get you, man. I get you, man. But but it has has to do with um just the just, just the way that he plays. He just plays too passive, man. He plays. He, he's got to take. He's got to take the um the game into his own hands, man. A lot, a lot of times, a lot of times he'll get it, and he'll you know he'll just be like you know, like he doesn't know what really know what to do with it. Like he he's just waiting for his shot in the corner, and he's not really trying to do anything else. You know, it, it, it could be it could be his role that they gave him a role to do whatever. But at the same time, we're playing basketball. Um, what's the name? Uh, Emmanuel quickly, his role wasn't to score 25 points a game, but he's doing it. He just took that role. He took it, you know, to the point now where, where we want him to start. But you know, um, Knox has got to do the same thing, man. He's got to at least show the guys that listen. I want to, I want to play. I, I don't just want to fit in. You know, you know why I disagree with you on that? Mm-hmm. Because Thibodeau is asking his point, his guards to shoot the ball. So if Thibodeau is asking quickly to shoot when he's open. I don't think I, I I don't think I'm gonna necessarily get on quickly because he's a rookie. But what I will say is, as far as Kevin Knox is concerned, I love what you said about Kevin Knox standing in the corner. I've counted, I've watched the last three, four games Knox played, and I watched him twice. And I'm watching how many times he touches the ball. In the Utah game, 
the man touched the ball one time in his first five minutes. One time. And the time that he touched the ball was off a scramble play. So this goes back into what how I feel about this Emmanuel quickly, Austin Rivers backcourt. I don't like it. I actually hate it. Yeah, me too. And I think I'm hating it more game by game. Yeah, it's really the Rivers, Knox, man. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it's just real, real quick, like Knox don't touch the ball. He don't see the ball. Obi Toppin runs hard as hell, bro. He runs hard as hell. He never gets the ball, bro. That is on the guards. Can't blame quickly because quickly is a rookie. Come on, Austin Rivers. You're playing like Alonzo Trent. But go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, Austin Rivers is, is pissing me off, man, because like he, he scored, he got hot that one game, twenty five, whatever. And then the, the um the, there was another game early in the year where when he the, the, I think it was the game when he first came back, uh, he was aggressive shooting. He actually won the game for us that that time. But you know, against mm-hmm. Utah, same same freaking team. But you know, every, every other game he'll he'll get the ball like like today, like that. The, I had to turn the game off. I think it was like in the third quarter. I'm watching. Uh, you know, uh, Rivers got into the lane. He was wide open, and he decides to give a, a interior bounce pass to Obi Toppin, while Obi Toppin is already looking at the um, rim to to get a rebound. You know, like like Rivers, you gotta freaking shoot the ball, man. What the fuck are you doing? You know, like you you're not you're not you're not the point guard. You've never been a point guard. Your role your role here should be to shoot it. So I mean, like you know, to tie it into Kevin Knox and some of these other guys. You know, you you got you got when you get the ball, you gotta be you gotta be active to do something. If you open it, mm-hmm. if you in the paint, you gotta shoot that. And I, and I feel like Tom Thibodeau um, basically said as much because they I think they call like a timeout or something right after that. I think right right as you know you know he, he sees what we see. Like you you got the ball you got the ball, bro. You open shoot the fucking shoot it. You know what I'm saying? Shoot it. What is what is the problem? You know you know his, um, let me let me um let me mention um Reggie Bullock before I, I get um you know lost a little bit. Reggie Reggie Bullock. You know I you know he's he's not he's not a world beater. But the thing where he fucking sucks, bro. He he sucks. But 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 check this. He he touches the ball a lot. If you, if you know a, a lot, you the, is so oh my you know, god. He touches the ball a lot, but the thing the thing with Reggie Bullock is that he's active, so he's always around the ball. If somebody got the ball, and then he he could he could read that they're in trouble, so he comes to the ball and, and gives himself available to catch it and give it up to somebody else. So the re- the reason why that works in the, in the starting lineup with the current guys we have is because it opens opens up um um the ball to come back to our scores, which is Reggie Bullock. I was gonna be which is um. Randall and uh, and Barrett, you know, what I'm saying that's why it works rather than um um Alex Burke, because Alex Burke would get it and he would chuck up a shot and totally screw up everybody else's um rhythm, you know. So Bullock, I'm sick of that fucking guy. So oh, Alex Burke, yeah, I'm so I'm getting sick of fucking sick of him. Him Rivers, I'm the whole vet thing. I'm getting sick of, <laughs> sick of but keep going. Well, I mean that uh, you know Alex Burks works as well too. Right now, coming off the bench because of Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers is not trying to shoot. So, you know, Alex Burks coming off the bench as that scorer, he's taking the spot that I thought Austin Rivers was, was going to take. But Austin Rivers looked like, looked like he might just end up being like the, um, the situational point guard kind of guy, you know, that's on playing, you know, with, with, um, with quickly. And that's not really what we, what we need out of him, you know. So these, these are things that are going to play out, man. We, we, you, know, I, you know, I was having arguments with, with a couple guys off, offline and stuff, you know, because, you know, I got this podcast. You got a podcast. I'm quite sure everybody wants to talk to you all of a sudden. You know, and we you know waste your, waste your time with like a a two hour conversation and shit. Say, like, yo, bro, do you want to get on my podcast or whatever? Like, damn. So no, no, no. You know, but I'm just asking. You know. Anyway, you know they, they want to keep talking about about these guys or whatever. But it's like, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Like we 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 set a template for how we're gonna get better going forward. You know. So I think I think we just gotta be patient. There's there's a lot of stuff going on that that I don't like. 
But um, I think we I think we're gonna end up plugging in some some of these you know these holes pretty soon. Um, I, for me, and, and and this is from the bottom of my heart. Before we talk about um R.J. Barrett's growth, I love quickly, right? Quickly, his last ten games, seventeen points per game, three point one assists, forty one percent from three. He's an absolute steal for the twenty fifth pick in the draft. He's second right now in points per game by rookies, one behind Anthony Edwards, which he won the SEC Player of the Year award over Anthony Edwards. Speak on it, man. But the one issue that I continuously go back to with Tibbs is his rotations. Bro, Rivers and quickly, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable because it's not enough playmaking. I uh, Listen. I don't mean to bring this guy's name up, but that ghost of Frank Nilakina is just is, is just hovering, <laughs> and and I I don't know. Let me ask you a question before we get. Let me ask you a real question before we before we get into RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. Ask me. I'm a, no, Matt, I'm gonna ask you. When was the last time you seen an Obi Toppin alley or Mitchell Robinson alley? Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a while. That I feel like that that plays out of the playbook. If it does happen, it's like a forced type of thing. You know, like teams are really sealing out on him, but we're not really getting enough spacing as it is to get that type of playoff, you know, so we're really not doing that this year. And it's so bad when, when, and this, this is under the radar stuff right here. When Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr. and Frank Nilakina all get DMPs, but all, all three of them is top 10 picks and you're getting DMPs for Bullock, Burks, Alfred, I don't know what to say. <laughs> if I'm Knox and Frank, I'm getting the fuck out of New York. What? I, I, I just don't know no more. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I kind of like agree with you a little bit now because, I mean, Reggie Bullock, that should be Knox right there. It shouldn't be Reggie Bullock. It should be Knox. Uh, you know, right now, Alfred Payton, you know, the, especially how Frank was playing in the beginning, uh, that, that, should be, that should be Frank instead of Alfred Payton. And also this um this guy, uh, what, what's the other guy we were talking about? Um. Uh, Rivers or whatever, you know that that should be that should be freaking um Dennis Smith Jr. But at the same time, everybody's to blame for that man because um they, we don't we don't know what's happening in practice. You know, I, I see um Dennis Smith Jr. still likes to dunk, you know, but he don't know how to run a, a team yet. So you know, like the different yeah. focus of, of these different guys, man. We you know we you know I, you know I, I want these guys to succeed, man. But I, but I just don't know what it is, man. I I just think that we just have a, a big hole at, at um we have like maybe like three big holes on the team. That you know, I think I think I think we're really gonna fill them up soon, but you know, we just gotta we just gotta wait and see. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think a trade is coming. Um, I I just don't know when, but my 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 left palm it keeps <laughs> itching for the past week. Yeah. The the last time my left palm was itching this bad, Porzingis was out the door. Oh my god! <laughs> so so I, I I don't know, but. I feel like a trade is coming, man. Hopefully they don't they don't trade my young boy. And speaking of my young boy, RJ Barrett. We me and you spoke about RJ Barrett. We speak about him a lot. Um, but I think our perception of RJ Barrett, and, and you know, for with me and you was he's gonna be a great number two option. Great number three option. R.J. Barrett last 10 games is 20 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 
51% from the field, 45% from three, 83% from the free throw line. He is currently having a better sophomore season than Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Paul George, too, right? Paul George, Kawhi, you know, Chris Middleton, Bradley Bill. I, I can keep going, but I'm not. What has he also the defense has been so amazing? Yeah, shout out to RJ's defense, man, is so amazing. What has RJ done this season that has impressed you the most? So, you, just your overall take of RJ. Well, my, my the, the most thing that, that impressed me is that, um, just so all the, the, the banter between the fans and, and the media stuff in the beginning, they were saying that he there was people were saying the word bust. In the beginning of the year, because he, he was having like a bad shooting time, and people were saying that he wasn't playing defense. He needs to gain some weight. You know, he needs to get into mm-hmm. start working on his dribble, all this different stuff. But now, how look how things change when the guy starts, you know, flipping off, uh, you know, like a, a nice streak of, of games, whatever. The um the the thing with with um RJ is that it, like his his ability to play the basketball game, you know, knowing basketball, that's never been you know you know a problem with him. It, with him, it's just about uh filling his you know finding like his um. Like I guess his his pace or his or his flow into the game, and then right now, right now mm-hmm. you know you, you talk about options and stuff. I think right now him and um R J Barrett, even though it seemed that it seemed kind of shaky in the beginning, I think these guys they 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 play really well with each other, man. So at, at this point we we, we who, who are you talking about? Randall? Yeah, I I think I keep saying Reggie Bullock, right? But uh, but uh, it's Julius Randle, yeah, <laughs> Julius right. Randle and um and um R J Barrett. I think these guys they they're really good tandem. I kind of I kind of don't want to break them up. Really? Really? Yeah, I mean, really? They they've been playing. They've been playing really well together, man. Off, they've been playing off each other, and they've been playing away from each other too. Their spacing, you know, how they operate on the on the court is kind of different too. So I think these guys fit well. It's like like for me, I, I would. I'm thinking on along the lines now that we need to like make a make a trade to get guys to help out what we're already doing. And I, oh, I think Tom Thibodeau is on the same thing because that's the reason why that he won't break up all these. Um, his starting lineup, so he's not going to other guys because he wants certain people to fill in holes, you know, for the um, and he wants the front office to see it, you know. So that's why I think something's about to happen. So let me get this straight. I, I hold on, I, I had to my let me get this straight. So you think that RJ Barrett and Randall is a great pairing, and you're willing to state on wax right now that you would love to have them together for years to come that's what you're well, about. i don't know about years to come but i mean for the for the for the current thing that, that was happening now it's working man you know these these guys we're, we're winning games and we're playing well with them as, as our, our um, um not focal points but just as our as our yeah i guess like you could say that focal points or or like like um top dogs man they're our top dogs all right all right I, it, I, I, it's, I it's 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 possible else to to push them down as far as like you know one option two option three option all that stuff that we, we could still get somebody to push them down the the thing but when it comes to uh basketball playing the game i feel like they they play well together i mean they have been i i, I can't even front they yeah, have man been. i mean you know. R- randall's giving us 22 6 and 11 we got rj's giving us right now for the season uh 17 6 and 5 so i mean you know that's pretty good. That's that's a one and two right there. But if let's say let's say you know I guess we're gonna talk about that too. Um, you know on Bradley Bill. Let's say if he wants to trade Bradley Bill, but keep Randall and RJ on the team. Now you got Bradley Bill that's that's gonna fill in the spot. 
that we need. Like, like to um, because Bradley Bill, he's really like um, he doesn't really do a lot of like dribbling either. He's kind of like an offense um, you know, kind of guy. So he he seamlessly fits in to to what we need to do at the shooting guard spot. So I think those three guys will actually be pretty good together. So boom, mm-hmm. real quick. I think I think I don't know, but I'm gonna look this up for sure because I'm gonna make sure that I'm correct when I say this. I believe that R.J. Barrett has been lining up at the shooting guard spot for the past, like, uh, 10, 11 games, and then they switch him back and forth depending on the matchups from the two guard and, and the three. Um, as far as Bill is concerned, here's my thing about Bill. I'm, I watched the game today. Well, I'm currently still watching the game. Between the Nets and the Wizards, you got Bill quitting on the court mid-play. Yo, tell me more about that, man, because I, 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 I missed that. What, um, a lot, I hear a lot of people talking about that. What, what happened with that? Literally, literally. Do you remember Vince Carter from 20 years ago? Yeah, I remember, I remember what he did, yeah. So he's literally pulling a Vince Carter, but in, in a lesser version, right? He's, he's doing stuff like he'll, he'll give the ball up, go stand in the corner with his hands on his knees. Wow. <laughs> he, he, he's doing stuff like he'll slap at the ball, act like he's going to it, but he don't. He's just staying there. So now it, it, it begs the question. And we're also watching the demise of the Dallas Mavericks literally in front of our eyes, where people could stay, people could say now the Knicks won the Porzingis trade. So you're watching Matt the Mavericks lose. We have their pick unprotected. You're watching the Wizards lose. Bradley Bill is at least the league in, in points right now. Where do you cross the line to say, you know what? I give up OB Toppin. Well, this is a trade proposal I've seen somebody. I give up OB Toppin, Kevin Knox, Frank Nilakina, both um, both Dallas picks, uh, unprotected 2024 pick, uh, unprotected uh, 2022 pick. And say, boom, we're going to get Bradley Bill. I don't believe that's going to work because I think the Wizards is going to ask for Randall. Specific- I think that's the first person they're going to ask. You're not going to get RJ. So what would you give up for Bill Trey? I think – I'm, 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 I'm well, I think that's it right there. Like, um, you know, you, you, you got to give up Obi. Sorry, you know. Obi, Obi, you know, he's he's a young guy. And right now, outside of um Bill and – um. And what's the other dude, uh, Russell Westbrook? Outside of those two guys, they got a team full of rookies. You know, they got that that other dude from from Israel. Bro, fight you, I'm saying bro. they got the dude from Israel. They got that dude from Japan. You know, the Japanese cat. So I mean, well, Obi Toppin will uh-huh. go there. You know, fitting right in with whatever they're trying to do over there. I'm I, I'm not giving up Obi, man. I'm not giving up Obi. I'm, but, I'm but I'm giving them Randall before. I but you're talking him. about bringing. I'm not giving. But up you're talking Obi. about bringing in Bradley Bill right now in his prime. That's true, but now you're telling me. See, see, this is the way the narratives come with, right? Randall's the best player on the team. You mean to tell me that the Wizards GM is going to go to the owner and tell his owner, "Hey, look, you know, I brought back, you know, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, Frank Nellikin, a couple of draft picks. Okay, cool. Any one of them average ten points? No. What are we doing? Why did they not ask for Randall? Yeah, I mean they can ask for Randall, but I mean just just like last, if, if it was at the end of last season, they would be laughing at us about about adding Julius Randall to that. <laughs> that is true, right? 
<laughs> but I mean, it's a thing too. I mean, because if we do that, if we if we add those players, we're still gonna have to add like cap space. So they'll get a little cap space too. So they need that relief. And if they do that, then they're gonna have to start looking to get rid of um you know Westbrook as well. And they they should just blow it up because nobody you know Washington is one of those teams. They they traditionally have been like that though, like like kind of like a trash heap team. They always get a ragtag bunch of guys, and they don't they don't really do much with them, you know. So you know they they really need to like move that team truthfully, you know, but. They're just gonna be right back where where this is always are always right in the, in the trash heap with a bunch of guys and don't really know what to do next. So for me, the only way I'm trading for Bradley Bradley Bill because you wanna you don't want to trade for Bill, exhaust all of your assets and exhaust all of your young pieces because you're gonna wind up like the Brooklyn Nets right now. They they look great right now. They look cool, but come playoff time, they're gonna need some depth. And um, I'm just not willing to get in. This is specifically for a Bradley Bill trade. I'm not willing to give up RJ. I'm not willing to give up Obi. I'm not willing to give up IQ. And I'm not willing. <laughs> this might sound. <laughs> no, I give up Knox. I give up Knox. He shoots 39% from three, but who the hell cares? You're getting Bradley Bill. And um, I think the last thing that's off the table Gotta be one of those twenty twenty one picks. I can't give you both. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about that's that. That whole future twenty, you know, two thousand twenty four pick and all that other stuff. I think whatever we give them, we got to give them something kind of close to now, and um, just just roll with that. That that's that's our best offer right there. If um Washington don't want that, then we could just stay pat, stand pat how we are now. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm, I I'd rather stand pat than just you know. Give up, give up the farm for Brad. Well, I, I wanted to add this, like the with the Clipper game, right? After the after the Clipper game, everybody was raving about Emmanuel quickly, saying that oh, this guy's good, this guy's good, whatever, whatever. And then, but they also was giving tidbits and saying like the Knicks were actually playing good, and you know they're doing something good over there, you know. So that that's that's the seed that Tom Thibodeau was trying to plant with the way that he's um, managing the roster and stuff like that. He wants the rest of the league to be like, listen, the Knicks are trying to do something. So the Clippers played us and they felt us. And it was like, yo, the Knicks are, Knicks are all right over there. I mean, you know, and Manu quickly is pretty good. So if, if they're saying that, like, immediately after the game, you know, you know, giving us showing us love like that, that means that the rest of the league is saying the same thing. So this this is the culture that we're building, you know, as far as change, you know, fixing our name and stuff. So I think that's that's what it's all about. And then, like, you know, that's what makes so it's so important to try to get a, a Bradley Beal because if we do do that but still keep the same guys that are helping us win now, now teams are going to be like, oh, shit. But then, you know, just to connect it to the Nets, like you can't you can't beat the Nets until you grab a couple guys and show the league that you could play. Now once you got you know Julius you know RJ playing well, now you got Bradley Bill and Quickly's off the bench too. Now teams are gonna be like, yo, uh, yo, calling the agent, yo, how can I get on the Knicks? You know how can I how can I get over there? You know, so I mean, <laughs> did I make you throw up? <laughs> but you know why I'm mad? Because I convinced you. Because you know I convinced you. I like, I like, I like what you're saying. <laughs> I like the whole Bradley Bill. That I, I'm, I could get, I could get hip to it. It's just the, 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 the sad feeling of, of of ten years ago, when I woke up and I found out the Knicks had Carmelo Anthony, and I see what we trade for him. I'm still sad by that yeah. trade. Um, I, I'm not. It, I mean. It's yeah, well, I mean, the Knicks messed up because they made the trade, whatever. We gave up all our pieces. All right, fine and then, but we didn't do nothing extra to try to bring nobody else because we needed to. We needed somebody else. Melo was by himself, 
And then Amari, we knew Amari wasn't going to get hurt, and he ended up getting hurt. So now you got Melo by himself asking him to do everything. You know, we, we should have did something else to, to bring another player in, man, anything. You know, but we didn't do that. So, so, so boom. Notice how you just said we didn't have a plan after the, a, the first plan. If we trade for Bill, I don't know what we do next because there's no future superstar free agency for the next two, three years. I had somebody tell me, well, the Knicks could wait till 2024. All right, they could wait till I'm 80 effing years old. Like, I'm not, what, what we doing yeah. here? So, of course the Knicks would be good in a season where the draft is historically stacked and the free agency is really bad. Right. But you know, like I said, I just painted a I painted a beautiful picture there, man. We we can we could definitely get in that mix, and then like once once we get though get to that level, then then you just watch the magic because like even like teams like um like Golden State, Golden State already had one day championship with their guys, and then they got Durant. How did they get Durant? Because they made themselves a, a location where people want to be. You know, it it just it started off you know back with LeBron when LeBron got got his team together in, in Miami. You know, they did that thing. It's all a copycat league now. Nobody wants to do it by themselves. Cause I mean, um, what's this guy uh, Harden? He wouldn't be in Brooklyn right now if um Durant and um and Kyrie didn't get there, you know. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, and then now they're talking about they, they they might get Drummond because they they're gonna buy out Drummond and then Drummond's gonna sign with them for like the minimum, you know. That that's I feel like that's not fair, but that's what they that's what the league does now, you know. So if they get Drummond, I don't know how you beat them. You can't beat them if if they get Drummond. No, nah, no, nah, you can't beat them. You can't beat them. That that they not losing to the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> they, that that's the one thing that's scary. Yeah, because I mean, Drubbin's going to get get you fifteen rebounds a game, and then he's going to just put back everything that he gets because you can't. He's pretty good down there. He's really strong, and those other guys are shooting. So I mean, there's, there'll be no way anybody could beat them if he goes over there. But I mean, you know, you, we can't get to that level unless we unless we kind of get some pieces. So like, if if, if the Knicks was to, was to set the table like like how we said, then then like other teams would be like, yo, buy me out. I'm gonna to go to the Knicks, you know, and then next thing you know, now the Knicks are, are that team that everybody hates in in the league, you know. That would be dope. That would be dope. How dope would it be for a 35, 36 year old? Hmm, let me see. Uh, James Harden or Paul George or one of these current Hall of Famers who say, you know what, I'm gonna take the vet minimum. I'm gonna to go to the Knicks. I'm gonna to try to win the championship. Like, like that yeah, would be I mean, even guys like Kevin Love and, and uh, you know, DeRozan, some of these these guys where they, they could take the um come over here and just be like the super sub off the bench to help w- what we're doing over here. That would be that would be awesome too. You know, you know, reinforce the team. Yeah, it, it definitely would. Um, I, I guess we got. Oh my God, this snow is looking ridiculous right now. Hope. Oh yeah, you inside your. Warm yeah, I'm off today, man. You I've been lucky, man. <laughs> I've been picking the right days off, man. Every time something goes down. <laughs> oh man, yes, yeah, for sure. Um, last thing, and then we did not. Then I'll let you get out of here. <sighs> is Emmanuel quickly the? Is he the the point guard of the future? Uh, you know, the way that he's been playing, he, he's been playing really good, man. I, I love the way he gets, like, he knows, he, he reads the spot. He can see a spot open on the floor and he gets to it, you know, like, like he'll, he'll pause. He has this thing where he pauses and then he'll make a move. Next thing you know, there's nobody around him. The person that was guarding him is not guarding him anymore. And he's just standing in space and people are looking at him like, oh shit. And now he's just shooting right in your face. And, you know, he's that, he has that uncanny ability to do that, to do that. So, I mean, once, once that really you know, and then another thing too, like in the game, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, uh, I think it was Clyde." Clyde was saying that the the scouting report is out. 
you know, teams know what he's going to do, but they still can't seem to stop him from doing it. So that that's that's what sticks out to me with Emmanuel quickly, man. So I think I think he's he's definitely going to be you know the guy for us, man. We we just we we're so lucky that we got him when we got him. It's funny how if this Emmanuel quickly pick hit, if if it just hit, it makes up for 2017 and 2018 drafts for me. Absolutely, because we still wait. We, we still waiting for Frank Nilakina. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Frank, you know my man Frank, man. I love Frankie Smokes, man. The man is made of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Knox, this man, Tin Man, I don't have no heart. Four <laughs> man, I don't have a brain. I, yeah, that, that's a great analogy too, man. We got like the Wizard of Oz on our on our roster, bro. Yo, Frank, oh, Frank is definitely the straw man, oh, and then Kevin Knox is the Tin Man. Oh my god. Who's the one that doesn't have heart? Somebody oh, doesn't have heart? Who's that? I, I, I don't know, man. Obi Toppin, he just running around. Oh, Dennis Smith know. Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. is the lion. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., he sees Emmanuel quickly doing this, the, the, the swimming routine on the floor. The man the next day said, you know what? He's a, it's a wrap for me. Let me get let me get up out of here, man. Let me go to Orlando. You know what I'm saying? Let me go work on my tan. Let me, let me see what I could do out there, man. Because it's, it's a wrap for me in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done. He's done. I, I'm. I, I don't know what else to say, man. Any, any I, we got everything. Yeah, pretty much, man. You know, you know how we do when we do this thing. Yo, we we had to have done like maybe like 10, 10 podcasts, man. That shit is dope. <laughs> Yo, any any time, bro. It's just. You know, availability is the best ability. Yeah, and you, you got to get it how you how you get it in, man. Because we, you know, we got other stuff going on in our lives besides besides this. This is great that we do it. We both do it pretty good, you know. But I mean, you know, we, we just we you know we we just got other stuff that we got to do, you know. Now nah, that's true. Um, I just now that I think about it, I just want to uh, give a shout out. Uh, I appreciate you because every time I hit you up, bro, you always you know supportive and you always hit me back and and. and, and. We do a lot of podcast, great podcasts together. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you, um, brother. Um, my podcast co-host, he, he's just currently going through a lot of um, personal things in his life. Uh, he's actually going through experiencing a death oh, of wow. family right now, um, and he's just been, you know, he he just been away. So and I've been keeping in contact with him, keeping in touch with him. And you know, I just want to say, Mister Mitchell, I appreciate you, man. I, I hope you get better, bro. And as soon as you're ready, we're going to record a great pod. But, you know, I just wanted the people to know who listens to the podcast of where the hell my man, Mr. Mitchell, has been. Because, you know, people haven't heard him in the past, like, 10, 12 Yeah, podcasts, man. So. Yeah, shout out to him. I, yeah, I've, been, I've been wanting to, to chop it up with him a little bit, too, with, with, on the show. Maybe when he, um, when he, everything gets settled, that we, we can all do that. For sure. For sure. I'm, I, as soon as he hit me back up, because I told him, you know, take your time, you know, grieve. You know, do what you got to do to uh, get your family better and get everything in order. Cause the pot ain't going nowhere. I'm not going nowhere. You're not going nowhere. Nobody's not going nowhere. So we, we just gonna see, man. I just I just pray for yeah, him man. a lot. Yeah, it's COVID season too, man. Everything is all jacked up. I get it, you know. So you just gotta take care, take care of you know oh. families. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I just got the COVID vaccine. Thing got my whole left arm messed up. It's like a flu vaccine, but I. 
I want everybody to take the vaccine. It's a good thing. Just it, it's a good thing. It's not fluky. But any last words for the people, bro? Before we get out of here, man. I know we rambling and stuff and <laughs> talk about yeah, a lot, but and but you know, shout out to everybody. Shout out to Nick's Nation and stuff. Thanks for um, for always supporting us, man. And um, continue to watch us, man. You know, I'm try- I got some shows, man, that I that I got queued up, man. I'm just looking at it like I don't know how I'm gonna get to them. But I mean, stay tuned, man. I got a couple things lined up that you know, like you said, availability, man. We just gotta figure out a time to do it. So for sure, before you get out of here, because I know we've been talking about this through um Instagram and stuff for the past few weeks. I get my laptop charger <laughs> back next week. So I will be going live. Live, I will be going live from now on, starting next week. And I will be joining you on some of your live shows starting next week so definitely i'm gonna keep you in tune with that nick nation i'm definitely gonna keep y'all in tune with that but my god diehard next man always appreciate you man when you come on the show man nick nation i always appreciate y'all man love y'all man uh mr mitchell you in my mind right now man you in my thoughts man my heart goes out goes out to you and your family man i appreciate you king and um, I'm out of here, man. Stay in New York Next Podcast, episode 131. We out of here. My God, die hard next podcast. Peace.